Hi everyone, this is Larissa Bollinger. I'm the new hostess of The Youth Room, a podcast by UPCI Youth Ministries. This podcast will focus on topics relevant to youth and young adults. Don't forget to subscribe and join us on the third Tuesday of each month. Hello, welcome to The Youth Room. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about getting good at crisis. Now, crisis is not something that we want to be good at. (laughs) This isn't a voluntary process that we enter into, but we're all faced with times of crisis. So we need to know how can we best handle crisis and grow in these moments. Crisis has two definitions, two meanings. The first is a difficult or a dangerous situation that needs serious attention. So we hear a lot about the climate change crisis or coronavirus was talked about as being a global health crisis. Um, We might use crisis dramatically to talk about personal issues that are happening in our lives. But there's another meaning of the word crisis. And that's the one I want to focus on today. That's the decisive moment, like in a literary plot. Crisis is the moment in the story when there is difficulty, there's conflict, but the character makes an important decision and something changes. So difficult situations are often decision-making situations. We could talk about crisis as being, you know, the difficulties, the trials we face in our lives, but really those moments of difficulty are usually also moments of decision. Now we're going to imagine crisis um, in in the world of storytelling uh, and literature. So I'm going to give you some concepts from the literary world that we can apply to our own lives. There's two kinds of crisis that authors use when they're trying to construct a good story. Because if you're a storyteller, you're writing a story, you don't want it to just be Um, boring, but it has to have plot. It has to have conflict. There needs to be intensity so that when a reader reads it, they feel like they connect with the character. So you don't want just a, a character going through, you know, the boring norms of daily life. That's not a story, but a story is a character that's coming to a crisis, a climactic event. The two kinds of crisis are best bad choices and irreconcilable goods. The first is the best bad choice. So think about um, a game of would you rather, right? We could go really crazy with this, but would you rather uh, drink ketchup for the rest of your life or only be able to eat at Denny's, right? (laughs) So that's a kind of goofy example, but a best bad choice is when there really is no good option. It's a moment of decision, but it feels like there's no good thing to choose. So instead, we have to choose our difficulty. The second is irreconcilable goods. It's when we want two things, but those values just don't mix. And either decision, um, either choice of a good thing is going to incur loss of something else. So crisis reveals our values. If you imagine your life as being a story that's being told, right? You have entered into moments of crisis, whether that's best bad choice, uh, choosing between options and neither one is very appealing, or irreconcilable goods, trying to choose between two good options and hoping that you make the best decision. That is so frequent 
um, as we're maturing as students, right? Who, which, which person do I marry? Which college do I choose? What career should I choose? These are often irreconcilable goods, right? We, we might have more than one good option, and so we have to be guided by our values, guided by our character um, when we're making these decisions. So crisis reveals our values, what we prize, um, what we treasure in life. Proverbs 4.23 talks about guarding or keeping our hearts because out of it flow the issues of life. I think that wisdom literature, not just Proverbs, um, but Ecclesiastes, uh, these Job, right? These books have a lot to teach us about placing our values correctly so that in moments of decision, we know what we're supposed to do, right? We don't always have a good answer, but when we are meditating on scripture, we learn how to value the things that God values so that in moments of crisis, we can make the right decisions based on our values. I want to give you a couple examples of different kinds of crisis and how we can respond with good character um, in each of these scenarios. So I was thinking about the best bad choice, right? And one of the first examples that came to mind is a faith crisis. Uh, we, we throw around this term faith crisis usually to mean um, a season in time where someone is going through a time of doubt or they are trying to evaluate their identity. Who am I? What do I really believe? And many people will go through a faith crisis of some kind. Maybe they don't doubt or question everything, but they're, they're evaluating their belief systems. This is a very common experience, um, and, and this can enter into like a critical or even a dangerous place, right? And this can be a best bad choice, not because having faith is ever a bad decision, but usually in times of faith crisis. Um, faith is not the comfortable place to be, right? So in a faith crisis, people are faced with the decision to either just walk away from what I've been taught, what I believe, what I hope is true, or to stick it out in a time where faith has actually become uncomfortable. It's become challenging. I, I don't have absolute certainty. So what do we do when we're faced with the, the best bad choice scenario of a faith crisis? I would say every time stick it out, right? Make the best choice. Make the choice that is still uncomfortable, still unpleasant, still painful, but it's better. And it leads to life and, and flourishing, um, everlasting life, right? Whenever I was a college student, I went through a time in my faith that was very critical. Um, I was struggling with a lot of doubt. I wasn't necessarily surrounded by as many Christian influences. Some of my friends and mentors had walked away from truth. And so I was dealing with my own doubts and faced with the decision, do I, do I give this up or do I hold on personally to my apostolic identity? Do I dig more deeply even though it's an unco uncomfortable time in my walk with God? And it wasn't something that was resolved overnight, but daily I had to bring that complexity, that doubt to my personal disciplines, it was me and my questions would show up to 
times of prayer, me and my questions would show up to Bible reading. And in that crisis time where it, it wasn't an easy time in my faith, I didn't felt, feel like I had um, good answers or even good understanding of all my beliefs. I began to dig really deeply and develop strong convictions about what I believed to be true about God, about the Bible, about doctrine, about my own life and my personal calling. And so what was a moment of crisis? danger, right? Conflict, difficulty actually was an important moment of decision where I was able to own my faith, make it personal. If you're walking through a faith crisis, whether that's on a major level, you're really struggling with doubt, or on um, just a, a more minor level, you're just trying to work through your beliefs, stick it out right? Don't just give up, but make the better decision. Hold on to your faith and dig deeper. This is a moment of decision and a moment of growth for you. It's an opportunity to draw closer to the Lord. So, okay, second option uh, or second type of crisis, irreconcilable goods. I'm faced with two good things. Um, And These pop up in so many moments of our lives. They feel really, really scary because what if I choose uh, the wrong college? What if I make the wrong career choice? What if I date the wrong person? Uh, and, And these decisions can just eat away at us, right? Because we're so scared of doing something wrong. So I want to comfort somebody today um, and let you know that if you are following after the Lord, you have a desire to serve God, right? He's watching out for you (laughs) and he can always course correct you. Um, So we don't have to just make decisions out of fear or anxiety. But when we're faced with multiple good options, what we most value Um, comes to the surface. I remember I was, whenever I was a student, um, there was about a month (laughs) that I was just listening to the book of Proverbs, like every night whenever I would go to bed. And that actually helped me come to a decision um, in a moment of conflict that I had with a boy. (laughs) And so I I woke up one morning after about a month of listening to the book of Proverbs, and there was a youth congress probably when I was about 15 where L.J. Harry said, it is not God's will for you to marry a loser. And those (laughs) poignant words just kind of (laughs) echoed in my heart that morning. And so that long, drawn-out decision-making process ultimately came down to my values and that those values were guided by the wisdom in God's word. So crisis can be a blessing. Crisis ensures that we don't just live the same nightmare, (laughs) uh, this nightmare or horror scenario where it's just the same day over and over again. Crisis doesn't feel like a blessing in the moment. It creates stress, right? We have to make a decision. There's going to be lost and a cost associated with decision making. But crisis is a blessing because it moves us in the direction of change. It helps us grow. We have to get going somewhere. We have to make that decision. We have to choose that college or that career. So at least we're headed in a direction and we can be open to the direction and the wisdom of God. Um, I want to give you another crisis example, and I think this really encapsulates both definitions of crisis, that that 
sense of difficulty or danger, but also a decisive moment in our lives. What do we do whenever a friend, a peer, or someone we look up to leaves the church? This happens a lot, um, especially as teenagers and young adults, as our peers are given more freedom and volition, decision-making power, sometimes they choose to walk in another direction, to walk away from the Lord. And this can be really, really painful for those of us who are close to them. This was something that I experienced many, many times um, as, a, as a young person, and I didn't feel like I had the tools to even know how to uh, engage the the sadness that I felt around friends leaving the church. So this is a crisis because you're forced to look at your own life and say, okay, well, someone I care about has walked away. Am I going to imitate their decision or am I going to lean more deeply into my values? Do I know what I believe? Um, Am am I going to just follow what somebody else is doing? Or can I distinguish my decisions from theirs? So whenever we don't know how to handle these crisis moments well, what do we usually do? (laughs) We don't handle the conflict very kindly or responsibly. Maybe we're rude to that person or a, a student, their friend might walk away from church. So instead of dealing with the, the grief and the sense of loss properly, they just start gossiping to their friends about it or they try to be, uh, they try to get in arguments on social media um, or they get very malicious. So how can we handle these moments of crisis in a better way? When a friend leaves church, first of all, we need to strengthen our resolve to serve the Lord. If they're leaving over questions that they have about faith, we need to search out those things as well. We need to have good understanding, um, knowledge of what we believe and why we believe it. These crises, if we don't, if we don't address these crises, they can either strengthen um, or they can erode our resolve to walk with the Lord, to be consistent. Another thing that we can do um, whenever a peer or someone that we respect leaves the church, and I think this is important to do, is to acknowledge the grief. Acknowledge that it hurts. Acknowledge that there is a a sense of of loss and pain, even maybe feelings of betrayal. Um, Some people, when they leave church, they do it in a very vocal vocal way, or, or they're trying to tear down us or people that we love and look up to. And so that really hurts. Um, And we don't have to pretend like it doesn't. But rather than funneling our pain into more division, right, pushing that person away, instead we can take that pain to someone who is wise, someone who is mature, someone who has also experienced the same thing, someone who is a good listener, um, a mature saint. So if you are a young person and you have a loved one, a peer, uh, a mentor who has walked away from the Lord, what I'm encouraging you to do, rather than um, being aggressive in conflict with that peer, that person, rather than being all up in their comment sections or DMing them uh, things that might not necessarily be productive, 
just be a Christian to them. Keep loving them. Keep being kind. Keep being compassionate. But go talk to someone that you respect in the faith about what you're feeling. It's okay to feel hurt and to need prayer um, and help processing those emotions. And then in those moments, we realized, you know, we can't control other people. We can't control the person that left. We can't control the scenarios that might have caused them to leave. But we can do better, right? We can be blameless, right? If, if they left because someone caused offense, let's learn from that scenario and decide, I'm not going to be an offensive Christian, but I'm going to have right relationships with people. If they left because there was something um, about faith that they just didn't understand or there was a misunderstanding, we can do better. We can say, you know what, I'm going to be able to explain and communicate my faith adequately. I can't control other people, but I can be guided by my values. And ultimately, that's what it boils down to in every moment of crisis is that we have to examine our values. Our values are revealed. What we choose in these moments of decisions reveals what we really place high value on. If we're prioritizing God and the things of God, um, if we're guided by Christian character or just what is the easiest out, So here's our application. If you are in crisis right now, you're in a crisis scenario, um, a difficult decision-making moment in your life, take a third-person perspective, right? Pretend that you are just a reader (laughs) looking at your own story, (laughs) and you're looking at yourself in the third person thinking, okay, this person's come to a point of decision. What will the character do now? Imagine what the brave decision would be? What would the noble character do, right? What would, what would the character that is on a trajectory to do something great for God, what would they choose? Um, and then that imagining your life in that way, rather than just being so in your emotions and in the moment, if we imagine uh, which decision will lead to life, which decision honors God, uh, that can help us Uh, come to at least a a good sense of what the right decision might be. Um, And if you're not in crisis, if this is, (laughs) God bless you, (laughs) but if this is just a restful time in your life, there's no crisis, there's not really any significant difficulties or moments of decision, now is a good time to evaluate your values. Because when it boils down to a moment of crisis, what you value, what you prize, what you love. Those are going to be the things that are going to guide you in moments of decision making. So let's make sure we're valuing, um, not just in word, but also in deed, in our daily habits, the things that matter most. Are we placing a high value on the word of God? Are we placing a high value on the community of believers? If we don't, when we're in moments of crisis, we might feel the temptation to withdraw from the church, to withdraw from the people that we actually need. So either take that third-person perspective, look at your life like a story that's being told, or if you're not in crisis, establish your values right now so that when crisis comes, you're already guided by the right things. 
I want to close out each episode by just talking about what I'm listening to. Um, I proposed this question <laughs> to Nelson Rivera last, uh, a couple episodes ago. So right now I'm listening to The Restorationist with Adam Shaw. Um, there's an episode that he dropped. He's interviewing Rodney Shaw. He just wrote a book on church work, and it's about being in that middle position of being a leader and a follower. So I'm going to recommend, um, if you need something good to listen to this week, besides the youth room, obviously, <laughs> um, go listen to that interview with Rodney Shaw. It's good insight if you're someone who isn't maybe a pastor, but you're working in ministry in your church. You're going to get something good out of this. So God bless, and let's get good at handling crisis.